Nice buns, soft, fluffy, and ultra low net carbs. Discover Hero Bread, the delicious ultra low net carb bread with incredible taste and texture. Hero Bread has zero grams of sugar and is under 100 calories per serving. Plus, high in fiber with 5 to 10 grams of protein per serving. Order from Hero.co now and get 10% off your first purchase with promo code AH10. That's 10% off with code AH10. H-E-R-O Welcome to the Budget-Minded Traveler podcast, your source for the everyday inspiration and practical tips that make international travel accessible to everyone. Marhaba, everybody. You are tuned in to episode 95 of the Budget-Minded Traveler podcast. And today we're going back to Jordan. If you haven't listened to episode 94 yet, you might want to stop this and go catch that one first because this is part two about all things Jordan, which we started in the last show. I mentioned at the end of the last episode that we might have some special recordings for you to share today. And I'm very happy to report that that is indeed true. So you'll get to hear a couple of conversations here today that took place in Jordan, as well as the rest of my conversation with my friend Ben that we started in the last episode. So while part one was mostly about the experiences and what there is to see and do in Jordan and particularly what I did uh, during my three weeks there and especially on my group trip that I led there, uh, part two goes a little deeper. Today, we're getting into more about the Jordanian culture, like dress code in Jordan, what's appropriate and what's not according to where you are in the country, what it's like to be a woman in Jordan, uh, we'll hear Ban's own story, where her family comes from. We'll talk about alcohol during Ramadan, the Arabic language, and why everyone says that Jordan is magic. I don't know if you've heard that, but I heard that a lot before I went to Jordan. Even though I'm in my house in Montana right now, I feel like I just spent the past several hours back in Jordan as I edited all of this together. And I have to say... My heart feels full just reliving these conversations and producing this episode for you. I laughed a lot and I smiled even more. And I'm so happy that I get to be the one to share these stories with you. So let's jump right back into the conversation where we left off last week with my friend Van Barkawi. Uh, please stick with me all the way through because there is an invitation for you at the end. So I hope you enjoy. I feel like we just talked about my whole like experience in Jordan, which is awesome because that's what I wanted to mostly talk about. But there's so much more about Jordan that I really wanted to touch on. And so maybe, um, do you have some time still? Yeah, sure. I'm here. Okay. Because I'll... let's see if we can just get through some of these things. Because I have... I'm just going to pose these as questions. For you. Okay. Um, sure. Just to talk a little bit more about Jordan and maybe some stereotypes. And yeah, um, let's do it. Let's do it. Actually, I mean, I'll speak from my own personal exactly. experience. I'm sure that it, 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 you know, depending on what sort of life you live here, I mean, you've seen, you've met a lot of people in Jordan uh, from north to south. And I'm sure you've noticed that lifestyles can be very different oh, yeah. and ideologies can vary. Mm -hmm greatly. Yeah. So I can speak from my own experience, but you know, whatever it is, it's worth noting that somebody else might have a completely different experience than I do or a different perspective about something than I do. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'll do my best. 
So <laughs> let me, so what is it? So on the, okay, well, let's just start here. Cause that's a good point. Um, the first day that I got to Jordan, um, that you and I met up and we went to, to break, to bre- to all the food. Breakfast, um, breakfast brunch and lunch and yeah. dinner <laughs> in, <laughs> um, in one sitting. And I asked you before you came to pick me up, I asked you, I mean, it's like, it, what was it? 90? It was hot out. It was hot. Whatever it was, it was hot. And it was hot. I just remember asking you, what should I wear? Like what, yeah. what is appropriate? What's appropriate? Because, yeah. Like I didn't, I didn't pack for this trip. I packed for you know eight months abroad, and I had been in Patagonia and Europe, and so I didn't right. pack especially for Jordan at all. Jordan. So I just had what I had, and I just wanted to know, you know, like what's appropriate? What should I wear? And you were like, wear whatever you want. Like just be comfortable, yeah. and it's fine. And and you showed up wearing. I love this because we were actually wearing like exactly the same thing. But you <laughs> were wearing jeans and a tank top and like your bra strap was showing, you know, it's like you're wearing just yep. like a regular tank. Like you looked just like I did. I'm like, okay, right. well, I feel better, you know, because I guess yeah. it's fine. Yeah. And that's Aman for one. That's also Jordan for two. Um, but what it let's just talk about the dress just yeah. for a minute because I know you also grew up in Saudi. And so yeah. it's a little different <laughs> there. Um, Very different. Yeah, you can't you can't do that in Saudi, for example. So in Saudi, you'd have to cover up. Um, Jordan's obviously different because it's not the law. You, there is no law stating that you have to cover up um, the way you do in Saudi, for example. Um, but like you said, in Amman, so in the capital, in the city. Um, it's a little bit more liberal. You people, you know, we get a lot of visitors, a lot of tourists, um, but also just as Jordanians and especially West Amman. So we were in West Amman, which is a little bit more, I want to say open-minded for uh, lack of a better term, mm-hmm. a little bit more liberal and uh, people don't really stare at you very much. doesn't matter what you're wearing. You could go out in shorts and t-shirt and you'll be fine. If you're going to go to a different part of Amman, you could still wear what you want, but you probably wouldn't feel that comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, a more conservative part of Amman. Now, if you're going to go to other parts of Jordan, again, depends. If you're going to a touristic area specifically, or if you're going to, you know, on a hike or, you know, whatever it is, nobody's really going to ask, nobody's going to care what you wear. You can wear whatever is comfortable. But if you're going to go to a city, so not, a, you know, non-tourist, <laughs> non-touristic dust area of Jordan that's more conservative, like Ma'an in the South, for example, mm-hmm. you're going to want to cover up a lot more. You don't have to cover your head, but you were, you, you know, it's probably not only it's inappropriate. I mean, that's that's just it. Mm-hmm. It's inappropriate to wear something that's a little bit more revealing, revealing. Even though I don't think what we to you and me what we were wearing was not revealing, but mm-hmm. to them it would be very revealing. Mm-hmm. Um, and just to avoid sort of being chased or or stared at or followed or even you know who knows possibly even scolded or whatever, or just to be safe and to be to feel comfortable and. Also, as a sign of respect, I guess you want to dress according to what's appropriate to that given area. So, if you were in Ma'an, which I don't think you'd ever need to go there, <laughs> but it's a very conservative part of Jordan, um, and uh, yeah, you couldn't you couldn't dress the way that we were dressed that day. Probably mm-hmm. there, you wouldn't want to. Yeah. Um, but I mean, but like I said, it's not the law, and you still yeah. can wear whatever you want. And I, as Ban, <laughs> I tend to make it a point to be like, you know what? Screw you. I'm going to wear what I want. <laughs> I want to okay. be comfortable. There you go. Um, yeah. I'm willing to take my chances. Mm-hmm. And 
you know. Yeah. And 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 I think it took me a while to get to that point. So at first I'd always be a little bit concerned. And then I'm just, you know, after just living here for so many years, you kind of go, I know I'm if I, as long as I'm safe and I'm not doing something stupid that's gonna put me in some sort of risk, then I'll wear what I want. Yeah. I know that when we were on the trail, we were encouraged um to cover up whenever we were with the Bedouins. Um, right. you know, and so we right. made sure to have sleeves and, um, but you know, it's, yes. it's so hot in the desert that it actually makes more sense. Like it's better for you to have a long layer That's of right. sleeves, um, a light That's long right. sleeve than it is to wear, you know, a tank top and just get burned. Yeah, you don't want to burn. You'll burn yeah. if you, exactly. So it's actually, mm-hmm. yeah, win-win, I suppose. Yeah, but it even, was easy. Yeah, yeah. Even with the bed, it's true. With the Bedouin, it's 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 more of a respectful gesture, I think, to just dress modestly. Mm-hmm. But again, I mean, if you felt more comfortable in a tank, I mean, if I really felt more comfortable in a tank top around the Bedouin, and I really want, it was too hot and I couldn't wear something with sleeves, I might, you know, be like, you know, whatever, it'll be okay. What are they going to do? Are they going to chase me down? <laughs> are they going to chase me they back They might home? propose to you. <laughs> They might, you Those know, guys which is have not four, up to four wives. <laughs> there you go. You never, you might get lucky. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Okay. So that's good. Um, what about, I'm wondering if anyone listening is surprised at your English, because since yeah. I've, I've known you for so long that I kind of almost forget about this, but, um, but you guys, it's so fascinating to listen to you talk in Jordan because <laughs> your language is... I mean, obviously, we're only speaking English today, but right. you are so... Your language in Jordan is... It's not completely Arabic and it's not completely English. It's like a mix of yeah. the two. And so... <laughs> so where does that come from? Like, Can you yeah. explain to people why you speak English so well and like how that's so normal there and... Um, it's, I mean, it's normal in part. I mean, it, yeah. again, it depends. It, it's normal in certain societies in Jordan. I think, again, Amman and West Amman tends to have that identity or yeah. that language where people just kind of cross over between English and Arabic. Um, I personally was, uh, I went to at first a British school and then an American school growing up in Saudi Arabia. Um, so that just became my more comfortable language, even mm-hmm. uh, more comfortable than Arabic. I barely have and in the gulf it's a little bit different because it's such a melting pot it's very international you've got a lot of expats living and working there so you don't even need arabic um for the most part now you're starting to need it a little bit more but when i was going to school and i started working in the gulf um i didn't need i needed english more than i needed arabic um Jordan's a little different because the majority of Jordan doesn't speak this way. Most of them will speak just strictly in Arabic, even if they do know English, little English or did study a little English at school. Um, but yeah, in West Amman in particular, that's, it's become more and more common. And in fact, it's uh, a, lot, a lot of non-West Ammani Jordanians will make fun of us <laughs> for, for speaking that way. Um, it's sort of a running joke. And, um, but it, yeah, it's, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's strange. We've kind of developed our, our own little language, I guess. Uh, the, the so Arab cool. easy. <laughs> it's so cool. I was going to say, yeah, because like, for example, the, the Bedouins and when you really get into the country there, you know, they don't, mm. they don't speak English. Um, but there is, there are two things that I think they all know. And that's, Welcome to Jordan. 
You, you so, hear that. So far, so good. Echoing off of any canyon in Jordan. Welcome to Jordan. <laughs> Welcome to Jordan. And also, what's your, what's your name? <laughs> uh, that's it. Um, I'm so happy. I thought the second question was going to be, will you marry me? Oh. <laughs> What's you your name? Is a good start. Take it slow. I never heard that in Jordan. And so maybe I made it out. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was so funny because all the kids, like when we were up in the north, welcome to Jordan. What's your name? What's your name? Like, and so we say our name and we say, what's your name? And then they respond with like the biggest smiles on their faces because they just Aww. spoke in English with you. Yeah, that's right. Aww, you know, like just so cool. <laughs> Uh, oh, that's cool. but yeah. Okay. So language, but also don't let that det- deter you from coming because you can find English. It's there. It does exist. It's there. No, mm-hmm. it's there. And, and I think they're making it a point to teach a, um, a lot of the guides and the Bedouins a little bit more English since they have to interact with tourists a lot. So I think it's probably even getting better and better. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. And you know what? Maybe I'll, I'll, <laughs> play our little language thing. Remember when we were in the car and oh, I yeah. recorded us having that conversation about <laughs> our language. little language session? <laughs> yes. Because I wanted to learn some Arabic. Okay. I'm going to stop it right there real quick, you guys, and take you back in time to that conversation that I just mentioned where Ban and I are in the car in Amman the first day that I was in Jordan. And we had a little conversation about language, um, not just Arabic, you'll hear. And then we'll cut right back into uh, this conversation when our little language detour is over. First of all, you said you watched Game of Thrones. Yes, with the exception of last season. Yeah, so... No spoilers. No, I'm not going to spoil. <laughs> but when I listened to Arabic, it, there, like you just said, Anna something. And that's I... That is in, I. In, uh, in, in Arabic, it is. It because is. it's also I in... Um, now you're going to think I'm a huge nerd. You are. You probably already think that. But it means I in um, Dothraki, I think. Is it? Yeah. yeah. Yes. I know, I mean, I don't know if... It's, I'm sure a lot of it is made up, but it seems like there is... There are quite a few... Oh my God, am I going the opposite direction? Um, it seems like there are quite a few similarities in the language. I've Even I've picked that up. Arabic and, and Dothraki? Dothraki. <laughs> yes. Okay. Not that I can understand any of it, but yeah. So but there I are... I can't no, you that up. I did pick that up. This is my nerdy language brain <laughs> that I love. I know. I know. I love it. Only you could pick something like <laughs> So, but it's because... Okay, as I'm... This is so funny. And I'm just going to continue this conversation while we're on it. But it's because I've been so, you know, I just picked up that hill where you just taught me hill yes. and everything. You said it again. But like, I recognize these things and I follow patterns. And there are things that I've picked up in the languages that exist in Game of Thrones. And even when I listen to Greek, so I think that maybe what they did, maybe he, maybe he um, used Arabic as like a his idea as a base for Doth- the Dothraki language. I'm I'm sure. I mean, there, there, it's even the sound of it, right? So it's not even necessarily the vocab or the words, but there's certain sounds that just sound of kind of yeah. similar. Sa- yeah, exactly. Like yeah. it's very earthy, guttural. Definitely. Yeah. And I also think that he used Greek for Valyrian. Yes. A hundred percent. Yeah. I can't say a single word in Greek, but. Absolutely. I can say a couple of words. I the same feeling about Greek. Because it's obviously when you know a language, it's harder mm-hmm. to say, right, that's definitely Arabic, for example. Exactly. But because I don't speak a word of Greek, it that's sounds exactly like it. It mm-hmm. does. It, 
really does. And for me, Dothraki sounds like, like Arabic. Arabic. Yes. But I love that the same word, Anna, means Anna. I. Yep. I can't believe totally you picked does. that up. Yeah. Well, I didn't know in Arabic. Like, I just heard you say it. And it all I know is that it means I in Dothraki. It means, it means I and me in Arabic. So yeah. Depending on where I think that's the same then. They must have based it together. That's I'm so funny. That. Now I'm going to go back and watch Game of Thrones and pay closer attention to what they're saying in Dothraki. You should, because <laughs> maybe, yeah, you should. I wish I could. Like, I wish I understood. Like, if I knew Arabic, I would totally do that. I'd well, go maybe and by I'd the listen. end of your trip, you will. Or I should ask someone who speaks Greek to listen to Valerian <laughs> and see if they, yeah. Well, okay, so back to Arabic. Okay, let's learn some things. Let's learn some things. What do you need to know? I need to know, thank you. Shukran. Shukran. Yeah. Is Shukran. That, that's close to uh, Turkish, right? In Turkish, it's teşekkürler. Like, teşekkürler. Teşekkürler. Or it's also, it's they oh, teşekkürler, and then they also say teşekkürlerim. Right, which is like, thank you very much or something, right? I remember that, I just can't remember how to say it. The reason I remember how to say it is because... I know we're supposed to be learning Arabic right now, but here's a lesson in Turkish for you. They taught us that it sounds like tea, sugar, and dreams. And so if you Good say sugar and I know. And so that's how I remember sugar and But I first learned teşekkürler. And like, that's like the short version. It's like, thanks, teşekkürler. I think that's yeah. like thanks as opposed to like, thank you very much. I that. guess. Yes. So in Arabic, it's kind of similar. You say shukran. Shukran. Yeah. Shukran. Shukran. Okay. Easy peasy. I have to remember that. Thank you. Please? Lo uh, samahat. Say it again? You can just say please. <laughs> you'll notice that a lot of people will just use... Um, please, so they'll use hi. the English they'll word. say hi, right? So you've noticed how many times I've said you hi. You have said hi. Uh, hello is, is it, different. No, marhaba. Marhaba. You'll say marhaba for hello or okay. hi. And either one is just, you know, very, it's very common. Especially That's in Amman. Maybe not outside of Amman. Okay. But... Um, Shukr, uh, shukran. So what was that the word we said? Lo samahat, please. Oh. So you'll, you'll say lo samahat, which which actually means lo if you samahat. please. <laughs> if you, if you like s'il vous plaît. Like s'il vous plaît. Yeah, yeah. okay. Lo samahat. If lo you're samahat. speaking to a man, if you're speaking to a woman, it's lo samahati. Oh. So that's it's different. It's so you can just say please? You can just say please. Do they even say that here though? Like you can In say Amman, please. again, you'll hear a lot of people just say please. But outside of Amman, because I'm going to be in able. lots of places. So yeah. will it benefit me to know how to say please for real? Yeah. Yes, it will. Okay. And so, then... Lo samahat, if you're speaking to Amman. Lo, lo samahat. Ti. So you just act, put an accent or it's... Ti. Yeah. Lo so, samahat. Lo samahat. How did I do? Great. Okay. You're a pro. <laughs> you're natural. We're done. <laughs> For please. For please. We have to pay attention. And with thank you, it's always shukran. It's always shukran. Shukran. Okay. And then hello is marhaba. Yes. That, and, and that's very much like Turkish. Yeah, it's merhaba, merhaba. in Turkish. Yeah. So marhaba. Um, and you don't say cheers. You say cheers. You say bisahtak or bisahtek, which is the official cheers. But really because, yeah, again, it's one of those things that most people just say you have, cheers. You yeah, adopt. Adopted the English word. Yeah. Cheers. Okay. Cheers. Well, okay. Yeah. Um, it's probably because not too many people drink here. It's probably like, goodbye. Uh, Ma salame. It translated literally, that would probably mean with peace. Okay. So, ma salame. Salam. Like, salam. Yeah. Okay. Or with, say, I guess, salame is with um, 
safety, I guess, almost. Okay. So peace or safety, because salam is peace. Salam is um, well-being. So, okay. Um, or safety, I guess. That would be the literal translation. I've never really thought about this before. Mm-hmm. So, ma'asalam would be goodbye. Ma. Okay, say it again. Ma. 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 It has <laughs> yeah. two A's with a thing. Yeah, ma. Ma. A is two A's. <laughs> ma. <laughs> if it sounds ma. like a goat, you're doing it right. Okay. <laughs> ma. Ma. Assalamu. Ma asalame. Yes. Ma asalame. Perfect. Ma asalame. I gotta write these things down. Yeah. Uh, hello, goodbye, please, thank you. Usually I learn a swear word. No, I actually usually learn how to ask for beer. For beer? But we're in Jordan. And yeah, we're about gotta, to be in Ramadan. Oh, yeah. So in Ramadan, it's, it's really complicated. Um, you probably can't get a drink in Ramadan except for hotel bars and stuff. They would still sell it, do you think? I think so. I Hmm. think some hotels. um, And I'm not even 100% sure about that. Yeah, okay. All the liquor stores, I think, close during Ramadan. Because we are going to be in getting to Petra during Ramadan. Yes. Um, Probably stock up just before Ramadan is the best thing to do. Uh, And even so, so even in Amman, which is a little bit more liberal than the rest of Jordan, Mm -hmm. um, you can't just ask for a beer anywhere. It has to be somewhere that serves alcohol. And those places are limited. Okay. Uh, With the exception of liquor stores, of course, where you can buy alcohol. But uh, for a beer, it's going to be a bar, a restaurant, or somewhere that... Recently, you'll find a few establishments that let you bring your own wine or beer. Hmm. Mm -hmm. um, So you can have that with dinner. But yeah, most places, you just kind of have to know where you're going to ask for one. So where we just had breakfast slash lunch slash dinner, (laughs) it doesn't serve alcohol. But I think... Um, if you go for dinner, they might let you bring your own wine with you. Interesting. So that's that's okay. new. I don't know. All right. Well, okay. Then we probably don't need to learn that. Yeah. Um, and if you say beer, they'll know what, <laughs> what beer is. Bira, for the record, is beer. Bira. Bira. So that, that's like easy. almost the same as a time. Bira. Yeah, exactly. Without the double R. Bira. 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 <laughs> Una birra media. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> yeah. What else do you yeah. have to learn? Um, how do you say? Wait, I wonder if I've learned this before. I bet you have taught this to me before. I bet you taught this to me when we were in Italy. I'm hungry. Ha! I've def- I definitely taught you this because everything you and I did involved eating. So. <laughs> Does um, it start with Anna and? Anna, you can say Anna or you cannot say Anna. It's kind of like Italian where you can say okay. you or without you. Yeah, yeah. Um, you'd say Joanne because you're a girl. Joanne. So you'd say Joanne. If you're a man, you'd say Joan. Joan. Okay, so I'm Joanne. Yeah. Anna Joanne. Or you could just Anna say Joanne. Joanne without that. Joanne. Yeah. Joanne. That means okay. I'm hungry. Or Joet means I got hungry. Enjoy it. Yeah. I got hungry. I, got hungry. <laughs> I am now hungry. I am now hungry. I just got it. Enjoy it. <laughs> it just happened. It just happened. Ha- that happens a lot. <laughs> hmm. What else? The the bill? Ah, el hisab. El hisab. Yeah. What? Hisab. Hisab. El hisab. So el hisab means the bill. Okay. So like, how do you ask for the check? 
الحساب لو سمحت the bill please yeah so الحساب لو سمحت okay say the bill slowly ال ال حساب الحساب الحساب you can also say الفاتوره I can't remember الفاتوره that's easier that's Italian is it the الفاتوره الفاتوره in Italian it's um Is it like an invoice? Like la factura in in Espanol is the is an invoice. I think it's the same as factura. It? Yeah, so it's the same. So I you can say factura if that's easier to remember. You'll understand what you're saying. Probably need to. Um, that one's hard. The sab. Because it's not when you do the. By the way, it's I'm so silent. Sab because it's not. It's actually a hisab if you want to accent it. But because I'm teaching you di- so dialect, so because oh. nobody speaks in classic Arabic, that just doesn't okay. happen anywhere. Okay. So what I'm teaching you is is Jordanian Arabic essentially. It's okay. It's dialect. It's very. I mean, people in different parts of the Arab world will be able to understand what you're saying for the most part. Mm-hmm. And even if they communicate with you in their dialect, you would be able to understand what they're saying, the exception of of a few Arabic-speaking countries. Um, but for the most part, we all under, understand each other, even though we're speaking different dialects. Yeah. The classic Arabic that you learn in school and is uh, all the textbooks are written in, nobody really speaks that way. Okay. It just doesn't happen. Interesting. It's it's formal. It's Where do you think formal. would be the best place to go to learn Arabic? So Jordan's one of them, for sure. Okay. And our Arabic is kind of easy to understand. I don't know if that's just me saying that because I speak Jordan. <laughs> But I think it's one of the easier dialects to understand in Arabic. Uh-huh. Also Egyptian, because it's so... Um, so if you... Growing up, everybody probably watched TV in Egyptian Arabic because they oh. were dominating in the media um, back in the day. So anybody who would watch anything on TV was most likely going to be an Egyptian. So it's okay. so widely spoken and so widely understood. And also their population is just massive. So, so you have a lot of Egyptian speakers around the world. Um, okay, so Egyptian Arabic or Jordanian Arabic, you would... Right, I would recommend, yeah. For Arabic. Okay, so let's go back over that real quick, just with like those five words. So we have, hello, marhaba. Mm-hmm. But I wanted you to do it so I could repeat it. Okay, um, I'll do it, I'll do it. Okay, so hello. Marhaba. Marhaba. Goodbye. مع السلامة مع السلامة um you're so good it's <laughs> great thank you and then um thank you شكراً شكراً yeah are you gonna be able to remember all that well this is why we're recording it <laughs> um you know the thing about the accent that I have discovered is that The more you really try to make it sound real, guess what? The better it sounds. And the more people understand you and respect you for it. And so I have, I put so much emphasis into accent when I learn a language. And when I used to teach Spanish, I mean, if I had a ruler, I would smack people, but I, I didn't. <laughs> but I mean, that's pretty, I would have been that teacher if, because it's so important to get accent right. I mean, if you want to say the word right, say it right. And, yeah. And, and honestly, it does take a little bit of effort. And I know some accents are more difficult than others. It takes a lot of effort. It, you know, a once lot. you get used to it, at least try yeah. it and you'll probably be able to do it. Even if yeah. it feels strange. It does feel strange. It absolutely will 
feel strange, but you know what works really well with accents? Fake it until you become it. <laughs> because if you just keep faking it, like, okay, I know this sounds funny, but I'm just going to keep saying it. It'll get, you'll get more used yeah. to it. And so, That's yeah. exactly it. And then you just get good with accents. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Then it becomes more, you sound, you feel more confident even when you sound silly. You think you sound silly, but you don't. Like and That's the thing. That's so funny you say that. So when I travel, because I learned Italian at some point, now anytime I speak to somebody in Italian, I'm not as confident because I don't do it all the time like you do. But I'm not as confident. <laughs> I'm always worried they're going to catch me and realize I'm not fluent. But then I think, well, I'm not supposed to be. Nobody yeah. expects you to be fluent. You're yes. not Italian. It's okay if you don't sound fluent. They're just mm. going to be happy that you're making an effort. And it's the same here. Yeah. And, and, and you think of it that way. You're like, all right, whatever, yes. I'll try. What do I have to lose? Exactly the point. And I, I totally relate to that because I want to sound fluent. I want to sound flawless when <laughs> I speak, you know? And that's why I've worked so hard on these languages. But what happens when you hear someone who's speaking your language and you catch that they're not native? What happens? You become curious. Yeah, you become fascinated. <laughs> wow, where did you learn this? This is amazing. Wait, you're not from here? Hello, like what? You know, I mean, that happens to me a lot in Spanish. Like, you're, I have been so you're, told. You're 100% fluent in Spanish. Right? Yes, 100%. And people have told me, and I know that, I mean, I make mistakes with Spanish all the time. Right. Like, of course I do. Right. Um, but people have told, here's that mosque. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, it's so pretty. It's really beautiful. Yeah. One of it's a landmark. I don't know where I was even going. I I got lost in the mosque. I got lost. It's so pretty. You're Spanish. Oh yeah. People have told me that I have perfect Spanish, and that's like the greatest oh, compliment I can that. get. And I know because I know that it's not perfect. But when someone native says that to me, it's amazing. And they say that in any. I mean, the last person who said that to me was from Spain. Oh wow. Um and. I mean, he said if he didn't know, he wouldn't have, if he didn't know better, he would not have guessed that I was not from a native speaking country. That's crazy. He would have had no idea. And that's idea. it. That's when you know you've nailed it. Exactly. Success. I love it. I'm going to shut this off. Thanks for the language lesson. Welcome. <laughs> All right. That's the end of the language and alcohol during Ramadan detour. Uh, we're going to pick right back up where we left off. Um, maybe I'll include You're that good. <laughs> You're good with languages. You could totally learn Arabic. If anyone could do it, it's you. I could. Maybe I'll accept that as a challenge. And while I'm at it, I'm going to learn Dothraki, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'll learn Dothraki with you. <laughs> Might as well. Um, Halfway there. Okay. Nerd alert. Um, moving on. Uh, okay. So the last... Well, no. There. Okay. Two more things. Um, one is... Let's talk real quick about women in Jordan. Because I remember... Just kind of wondering, as a female, as a solo female traveler, you know, um, what is it like to be a woman there? And some people did ask me that. And so I kind of want to bring that question to light. And I did ask you when we were walking on the street in Amman, like, do you ever feel like a second-class citizen here? And you, and you had said yes at the time. Um, but will you answer that again? Like, wh- how do you feel as a woman uh-huh. in Jordan? Especially because Jordan is probably the most liberal of mm-hmm. the... Um, of of the region probably and with so the, with the exception of Lebanon I think okay. yeah maybe um, it is a little bit more liberal but again it depends I mean you have lots of different ideologies in Jordan mm-hmm. and there is a huge conservative um, population here huge con- conservative population um, 
you don't always, their voices might not be that loud, but they're there and they're mm-hmm. there in huge quantities. And also, I mean, I mean, this is a really big question. Do I personally feel like a sec- second class citizen? To a certain extent, yes, but I'm luckier than a lot of people because I come from a family that's a lot more liberal and a lot more accepting um, uh, of my life choices and my lifestyle. And I have the freedom to sort of go against the grain a little bit. Most families in Jordan, most women in Jordan don't have that privilege Um, and will grow up in very conservative families and communities and, um, and, uh, you know, conservative is okay if that's your thing. It's your, it's your thing, but I do think that it's conservative in a way, and this is my personal opinion. It's conservative in a way that does actually um, take away women's freedoms to a certain extent. It's you know, there's still a lot of things that are considered taboo for women to do, even if it's something just as simple as um, in some communities, even as something as simple as going to work. Um, it's about you know. It, 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 um, interacting with men, even in public. Um, that's, a, I mean, you're, I think that's not becoming, it's it's not as much of an issue as it used to be, but there are still other taboos. Just staying out late is one of them. Um, okay. We talked about a, a, attire. That's another one. Um, a lot, I've spoken to women who um, are, are, wear headscarves, they wear hijab. And they've told me that the only reason they wear it is because their families expect to. I know that's not the case for probably most women here. Um, Most of them will do it by their own free will and they choose to cover and that's, you know, that's fine. You can choose to do whatever makes you happy. Um, But some of the women, some women I spoke to said that they only cover because it's sort of an unspoken rule in their community or their families sort of very strongly encouraged them to do it from a young age, you know, when they were still really young teenagers even, and that they uh, tried to, they asked to take it off because their families are really conservative or really religious, um, have basically just said, no, you can't do it. You know, what are people going to say? Um, and then there is, there are also other issues where women are definitely second-class citizens, legally speaking. Um, one of them being is that Jordanian women cannot pass on their nationality to their offspring. That is still a thing. And that's a huge problem. So any woman that marries a foreign man cannot give her Jordanian citizenship to her children. Um, and this is a huge issue uh, in Jordan that's constantly being debated. Um, only recently, very recently, I think maybe even last year, maybe, we Jordan revoked an article that um, uh, allowed rapists to marry vic- their victims in um, in a deal that allows them to escape punishment, basically. So this has only recently been revoked. And, mm-hmm. and, you, and you stop and you look and you think, why on earth would anybody not want to revoke this article? Mm-hmm. It's because you still have very traditional um, ideologies pre- yeah. uh, that are prevalent in certain communities. I mean, mm-hmm. these are sort of you know, these are, these are just examples. Obviously this is not the entirety of Jordan. Yeah. Um, you're right. also seeing women who are breaking out of their, um, communities and saying, you know, no, I'm going to do something different. There are families in conservative communities that encourage their wives and daughters and sisters and whatnot to go out and, you know, break these taboos, defy the taboos. I spoke to a woman who, um, who lives in a very conservative part of Jordan 
um, in a conservative community and, uh, you know, you know, a housewife with kids and a husband who works and she wanted to be a plumber. And, um, she was really nervous about telling her husband because she didn't know what his reaction would be, but she was really surprised to learn that he encouraged her to go out there, work with the men, go learn how to be a plumber, start your own business. And he was just extremely supportive. So you are seeing people Mm -hmm. sort of change and so you're seeing a little bit of everything, but yes, definitely women, um, we still have a long way to go. Still a lot of taboos about reputation and about, you know, um, ethics and morals and all of that traditional stuff that does sometimes, um, it does sometimes affect, uh, the way they're treated in society or looked at in society. Um, we still have a long way, yeah. <laughs> but it's, you know, you, you're starting to hear voices. Um, yeah. And I think that's what, that's what happens in a melting pot country. Yeah. That's what happens in a melting pot yeah. country. You guys are coming yeah. from so many different places and backgrounds and, um, and then you see someone like your minister of tourism is a female. Oh yeah. And she's a yes. badass. Yeah. Like, she is a badass. There are women in leadership positions in Jordan that it, it like blows my mind and it's so cool. Um yeah. because it seems like a dichotomy. But it's just because there are so many different stories going on at the same time. Exactly. I mean, it's true. It's, I mean, you Women in Jordan, uh, there's a there's a fairly I don't know I don't have numbers in front of me, but um, when it comes to education, for example, you have a really high uh, percentage of the population um, of women who are educated to a, a college level, to university level. Um, so that's that's something that's actually always been a part of the Jordanian um, culture or the or the Jordanian. Um, ideology as a whole is education is important. Sure, there are still, you know, again, there you'll find a little bit of everything, but mm-hmm. there are some really highly educated women. Um, it's after that, after the education phase that um, it sort of gets a little bit tricky where you have a lot of uh, qualified women who are really educated, who want to work, who, who are intelligent and powerful and impressive in so many ways but don't always have the means to, or don't, it's not always easy for them to work, whether it's because of taboos or because of transportation Mm -hmm. issues or because, you know, lots of different reasons, um, or because they're, you know, they're expected to start a family and and stay with the kids. And, um, so it, it's, it's, you know, that's a challenge because the unemployment rate in Jordan is a little bit scary right now. Um, among young men even. So when you have women who are willing to work, who want to work, who are qualified, who are educated, but then they're not, it's not so easy for them to go out there and work. Um, it's, it's a little bit of a, of a, of a problem. It's a challenge. Um, so a lot, there are also lots of organizations that are working to empower women to find ways to, to make, to create an, an income stream for themselves, kind of like, um, what is her name? Um, Sliman. Yeah, who you met in Umkais. So things like that, even that yeah. are you know so simple, but make a huge difference. Huge, right? Um, and, and communities and, see that. Yeah, yeah. It it we still have a, a long way to go, but it's, you, there are definitely people who are seeing these issues and finding ways to to get around them. Well, you're not the only ones who have a long way to go. 
I mean, <laughs> we're all... These yeah. days. Yeah. <laughs> um, so thank you for all of that. Uh, that was, yeah, insightful. I hope that people are finding this interesting. Um, I hope so. To learn about, you know, because I think that there's so, so much of just unknown, just simply unknown. And um, I hope we're just shedding some light which is cool. And with the last thing that I, that I, I should, we maybe should have started with this. <laughs> um, but I would love for you to tell like your story, like where you're from, where your family's from, um, what's home to you, you know, and, and where do you <laughs> fit? Question. Yeah. Well, that's uh. a good, that is it. That's a hard question. I know <laughs> I should know, but, um, <laughs> but what is, yeah. Like, let's look at that for a minute. Um, well, I, I mean, originally Palestinian. Um, my father is Palestinian. He lived in Palestine as a kid for a little bit of time before he went off to all sorts of different places and um, before he came to Jordan. Um, but he's fully Palestinian. My mother is half, so my mother's half Palestinian, half Egyptian. She didn't live there. She grew up in Egypt most of her life and then lived a little bit in Jordan. And then, um, I think, I think she got married fairly young. So after she graduated from university in Egypt, she met my dad who had been already working in Saudi Arabia at the time. Um, and they got married and they lived there for my whole life. So I was born in Jordan. Um, but I grew up in Saudi Arabia. My entire child, my entire childhood basically spent in Saudi Arabia, which was amazing, <laughs> which I know is really hard to believe, but I had such a great childhood. Um, and I think again, because I was so incredibly lucky, uh, I was very privileged to have been able to attend an international school. Um, and I, you know, I grew up with friends from all over the world, all sorts of different religions and backgrounds. So to me, that was normal. Normal to me is diversity. Um, and then I, so I, my first 18 years of life, I spent in Saudi Arabia. And then I, I went to California for university and did a study abroad year in Italy, which is where I met you. And, and then I, uh, I graduated and moved back to the Gulf. I worked in Bahrain for a couple of years. So the first time I actually lived in Jordan in my entire life was in 2010. That was the first time I ever lived in Jordan. Um, and I think at the time, the only reason I came here is because it's the only place I don't need a permit to live. Oh my God. <laughs> the easiest place. Because as yeah. a citizen, it was just, you know, the easiest thing to do at that mm. time. So I came here and just started working here um, in, uh, in an IT company, went abroad again for a year to the UK, did my master's degree and came back. And, um, and I've been, yeah, I've been doing radio ever since. So ever since 2004. 13, I've been working in radio. And I guess for now, this is home. But funny enough, because it's um, the community that I exist in in Jordan is not quite as diverse <laughs> as I would like it to be. So to me, that it's a little bit uncomfortable, funny enough, because I, I'm just so used to being around um, an internationally diverse group yeah. of people. Um, it's still hard to call this place home. Um, but I guess I, it's time to accept it. <laughs> Thanks for asking. <laughs> well, 
Maybe we found you a home today. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Maybe um, so. I think your home is with the people and the experiences that shape your life. And it doesn't have to be defined by a country or four walls Absolutely. or anything. It's all home. I guess it's all mm-hmm. home. Yeah. That's. I think that's the best way to describe it. Um, yeah. You you get attached to different places in different ways. And yeah, it's, I think once you leave a place and you look back, and you think, oh, that familiar feeling that I have, this weird attachment that I have to this place, that's when you start calling it home. Yeah. And you go back and it's like, yep, home. Mm-hmm. this is home to mm-hmm. me. But that happens in so many places and with so many people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. I have taken up so much of your time today. <laughs> Never, Jackie. Um, you can have all of my time oh, anytime. It's so, any day of the- so great to talk to you. <laughs> it's so cool that we we're able to do this. I love the, I just love how this has come together after 13 years. And now I, I, mean, I know it's crazy. Yeah. It is crazy. I love how we're both, we both ended up on microphones, you know, and uh, <laughs> right. It's insane. Maybe next step will be on screens. Ooh, challenge accepted. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, um, is there anything you want to add about Jordan while you have everyone's attention? Oh, not to put you on the spot. Um, You know what? Not at all. You know what we didn't even talk about? The food. You could probably... I suppose... I'm here and eat everything. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm going to put some photos on the show notes page because that is something you could fill an entire podcast episode with uh, just on its own. It just occurred to me that we never even got into the cuisine. And that's honestly, that's another thing you've just got to discover. You have to taste the food and it's endless. And it's another reason to use the M word, the magic word for for Jordan. there you go. If you want to ask, you know, if you want to ask someone is to define or to describe why Jordan is magical, I'll go straight to food. That's my favorite thing. <laughs> well, I'll never let's get start with the food. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, it's so amazing. Um, it is absolutely one of the. What things. was your favorite thing? What was your favorite dish? The favorite. If you food? can remember. Oh, I remember or ingredient. Them. You know what I loved was um, Lebanon. <laughs> oh yes, Her, I can. I think I, I I could easily have a Lebanon sandwich every single morning. <laughs> put it <laughs> on mind. everything. I could put that on everything. I really liked yeah. that. Like the it's basically like a sour cream or yeah. like a yeah. I guess yeah, it's like kind of like cream. sour cream. But yeah. the spices, mm-hmm. everything is so well balanced with spice and not overwhelming, but delicious. And I mean, yeah. overwhelming because spice. a lot of cultures are strong, like watch out for your right. stomach kind of spices. and But Jordan's right. like beautifully, deliciously... Ev- okay, here's something that's true. <laughs> I liked just... I think just about everything that I tried in Jordan. I tried a lot of different foods. Oh, good. That is a huge testament to... I mean, because I'm kind <laughs> of picky. I can be picky. And I liked everything that I tried. Oh, you did well. So you, you did well. I was, I was really happy to see you enjoying that because oh, I it, yeah, it's true. It could <laughs> go either way. Yeah. <laughs> I no, promise you there's still more you've got to try. Next time you come to Jordan, I'll make sure my mom cooks for you. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yay. <laughs> you, need a, you need a nice home cooked meal by would, my mom. I would love that. And then you're good. That. You're sorted. <laughs> okay. Well, 
Now I have a new item on my bucket list. <laughs> That's never. And everybody else out there is invited to. Oh, yeah. I mean, let's <laughs> my mom will love to feed you all. Aww. All right. Um, okay. Well, I mentioned that about the food, but is there anything else that you want to add? <laughs> no, I think, I, I mean, I think you, you're, the way you described your experience was just beautiful. Um, I think there's just so much to see and so much to do. Um, and there's something for everyone. Mm. So, uh, so if true. you're looking for adventure, it's there. If you're looking to just kick back and eat, it's there. Oh yeah. If you're um, looking for culture, it's there. If you're looking for history, culture. holy goodness. Right? Yeah. So I think it's just something for everyone. Mm. Um, I think the, all, I, all there is to say is you've got to experience it. You will not be disappointed. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In fact, I think you'll probably be blown away. In the way that I was. Because I don't think anything could really prepare you for the experiences. So Mm. don't take my word for it. Go figure it out yourself. There you go. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, All right, Ben. Thank you so much. It's been so nice reconnecting with you. It was so good to see you in Jordan. And thank you for being my city Amman guide for a day. And (laughs) Anytime. I'll be waiting for you to come back. All right. I will come back. I promise. (laughs) Thank you so much for your time. We'll talk to you soon, okay? My pleasure. Bye-bye. All right. I told you I had a couple surprise audio clips for you in this episode. You've heard one of them in the car about Arabic lessons, but we're not finished yet. If you come on any of my group trips, you'll get to take part in a special conversation every evening where we reflect on the day, the highs, the lows, and what we learned. On the last night of my group trip in Jordan, I recorded part of this conversation with my group and I have their permission to share it with you. So besides mine, you'll hear the voices of Hassan, Daryl, Chelsea, Carly, Sean, and Ryan. We had just spent an evening soaking and mudding in the Dead Sea, enjoying some time at the pool and having dinner. And in this recording, we were gathered around a table sharing our last group conversation over some Jordanian craft brews. So here we go. What was your best rose for the whole trip? The whole the whole thing. I think having the chance to explore Jordan in a deeper way with great people is great rose, especially because it's my first trip outside of America. And it's um, a place very close to the roots of my family. So yeah. having that and sharing that with great people like you guys and having a great moment like the one that you guys share that this is definitely a trip that I'm not going to forget yeah yeah. thank you all for that cheers to that that's pretty cool for documenting so beautifully I'm happy to share that anytime guys Jack I think my rose has to be that this whole thing really is so much more of a group effort than what you guys realize. Because if every one of you didn't sign up, this trip wouldn't have happened, you know? So this exists because we all said yes. That's my rose. Ah, that's a good awesome. Yeah. I, along those lines, I love that this is my second trip doing something, one of your trips. And I've, like, I mean, I've traveled with you a bunch, which I love. But then, like, doing... Your trips so far, like the people, I was encouraging Chelsea on that. But like, the people that sign up for this kind of stuff are just awesome people. Mm-hmm. So it's like, if you're gonna do something like this, 
you're going to be cool. We're going to have a great time. <laughs> yeah. You're going to be, you're like, gonna be like, cool. Right. I mean, like, right from the get-go, we were all just, like, bonding, and, you know, immediately. And then it was, like, next thing you know, joking Disney around. Quotes. Disney quotes. Disney quotes. <laughs> Indiana Jones all the time. Like, it's just, it's been... Yeah. Like-minded like awesome. people. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. You have common ground already. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. When you're all... I mean, it takes... It takes a certain type of person to have like the kind of courage to just to sign up for something like this, mm-hmm. go way out of their comfort zone yeah. to a foreign country, especially this one in the Middle East, mm-hmm. which is a yep. you know controversial area right now. Like, yep. it takes a certain type of person, so it's just a, it's kind of a big deal. Yeah, it takes a lot of faith and a lot of open mindedness. Yeah, yeah. Cheers to that. Yeah. Yay. So open-mindedness. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, my mind was blown by like the kindness and the beauty of the people in the land. Of this country. Everyone was really nice. Yeah. yeah that like was I, I feel like I was so naive. Like every Bedouin. Yeah. 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 We were so friendly. Not even drove by. Every single person by. greeted us with a smile. I love the United States. Nothing. My country. Yeah. Welcome to Jordan. Yeah. Everyone, every single one. Boom. Would boom. you like to have tea? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Even the kids are like, Naughty, come to my tent for the tea. people who are not paid to do so. Yeah. You know? Either that or what do you got to give me? <laughs> right. Candy? Right. I know you got something in your pocket. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. True, though. You know? Bedouins are an incredible people. They're just so generous. Yeah. And like so that. welcoming. I mean, I feel like, I don't know. Uh, like, like I don't want to put down Americans, but like poor Americans wouldn't be like come into my no house they have for fear. Americans, yeah. Well, United States Americans don't have that sense of hospitality, right? That no. other cultures do. Like we just like they went out there for their own thing and they're doing their own thing. Mm. Only and that's for how them. we get raised. Only for them. Yeah, like, but in other cultures, like you stay with your family, you live right above them. You take care of them when they get old. Like, you stay... You grind your coffee your loud so your neighbors come and have it with you. That was cool. Honestly, the South is a little bit like that. The like, there's, the rem- is a little more there's remnants of that. Yeah. Especially in the smaller towns. It's like, it's about grind your coffee loudly. Yeah. Yeah. But I remember the first day at the Citadel. Remember how you guys stayed... And decided to like do your own thing, and the rest of us went with the guy. Yeah. And we came back and we found you talking. We saw, looked over, and we saw you talking to the tourist place. Yeah. We, I was kind of nervous. I was like, uh oh, like what happened? Like. And you came over to find him giving us a hard time about our pronunciation. (laughs) To see him smiling at you, welcoming you to his country. And then looking over at us, giving us a big smile, saying welcome. And then looking around at the other tourist place, they're like, we're so happy you're here and enjoying our land. He was just excited to tell us about his city. I think he was asking us. And I was like, I was surprised. Yeah. Yeah. So so one thing he was asking us, right? Like, what did we think of Jordan? And we kept saying, like, people are nice and stuff. The one thing that we didn't say, but he told us was, was like, like, Jordan's magical. He did, yeah. He was like, I was like, guess again. Guess again. That was the first thing for us, right? We're like, Magical. Okay. Yeah. Like he but, said that. Yeah. yeah. And then, but after like these past like five six days, like it's I totally think that's, magical. Yeah. yeah. It is. Jordan is magic. Jordan is magic. I just recently published a a big blog post recapping my experience in Jordan on my Traveling Jackie blog. You can find it at travelingjackie.com dot com slash Jordan uh, if you want to read it. 
And it was only in writing that post that I finally realized what that phrase meant. Um, And I'm going to share that with you. This is what I wrote. Jordan is magic. I had heard it said multiple times by several people about Jordan before I went there myself, but I never understood it and couldn't appreciate it. As much as we try, we can't wrap our heads around magic. It leaves a lot to be explored because simply saying those words doesn't actually describe anything. It just shrouds it in mystery and whimsy. Hearing these words did, however, instill a deep desire inside me to go and understand for myself why the M word is so often used to describe Jordan. So I went, I explored, I experienced, I interacted with Jordan, and I get it now. Jordan is magic is not a description after all. It's an invitation. And this is where I pass it along to you. Go to Jordan yourself, feel, see, float, taste, touch, communicate, laugh, and discover the spellbinding charm of this incredible country on your own. There's no doubt in my mind that you'll get it too. I hope so much that you've enjoyed this two-part episode on Jordan and a big shukran to you if you've made it all the way through to the end of this episode. Um, As always, you can find any links and notes mentioned today on the show notes page at thebudgetmindedtraveler.com slash 95. And thanks again to all of my trip participants for having the courage and open-mindedness to join me on this incredible journey. And again, to my dear friend, Ben, for helping me produce such fun episodes to give you all a glimpse into the beauty and magic of Jordan. Thank you so much for listening. Safe and happy travels to you. 